As a confidant and coach to business leaders, I know a lot of people who are rich and miserable and those on the opposite side of the spectrum. So let's pull it all together, shall we? We'll explore the intersection between wealth and joy. We'll look at the psychology, spirituality, and practicality of money, plus some of the things that make up a truly lucrative lifestyle. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucra Life. Hey, hey, welcome to part two of my original True Wealth course. As a reminder, I'm getting ready to update this program. You can join in the fun for free if you go to lucra.com. That's L-U-C-R-A.com. Click get access, fill in your information, and I will send you the invitation. Enjoy the show. Mindy Kinnis here. This is part two of my True Wealth course. I want to jump right in and get back to all of your questions and obstacles and challenges that you wrote in. So thank you again for responding to my email. And hopefully this has been of some help to you. So here we go. Sandra says... I find myself looking for a familiar job in order to make ends meet, yet I wonder if there's a new path out there for me. First and foremost, I would say, if you have that curiosity or that desire, I would follow it. There's always a reason that we have those nudges from the universe, so maybe, maybe not, but definitely something to look into and check it out. She goes on to say, I have many talents and skills, but I've never been good at selling myself or focusing on the business aspects. I also currently don't have any funds to start a new business as I'm barely supporting myself. My biggest challenge or obstacle to building true wealth is how to do it realistically or how do I realistically move forward with such an idea of pursuing a more soul satisfying direction? Well, I certainly love that idea of soul satisfying. I think that no matter what you're up to and what you're doing, it should be satisfying to your soul. If you're not in a position like that, definitely seek out something else. The thing about uh, thinking about starting a new business without having a lot of funds, it doesn't take that much money to start a business. Now, let me be very, very clear. Starting a business is an investment, sometimes of money, definitely of time, and definitely of energy. And there's no guarantee. There's no Buddy out there who's financing you to start your business and so you don't know necessarily there is a risk and you should do a risk analysis before you start any business in addition it doesn't make money right away oftentimes of course there are those that you'll read about that they have skyrocketed to great success and that's awesome but that's certainly not the normal route I've been in business for 10 years and it's only been less than half of those years that I've really, really dialed it in and gotten profitable. So it's not something that, like if you're barely supporting yourself right now, starting a new business is not going to be your savior. I want that to be really, really clear. So I do recommend going back to part one and doing those that worksheet with three columns and figuring out what might be more soul satisfying to you and then seeing what's out there in that field. So I hope that helps, Sandra. Mary said, I have a bad habit of not trusting in myself enough. Ooh, that is a big one because that's not just going to influence your business. That's going to influence everything. Everything in your decisions about relationships, everything about life. If you don't trust yourself, that's like the primary thing. So I would start by getting clear about the fact that if you're heart-centered, if you're heart-focused, that you can trust in because that doesn't have fear or doubt or insecurity or all that other negative stuff that resides up here in the head. So I would focus on, Mary, if you are uh, seeking to trust yourself more, 
is work on getting out of your head and back into your heart. Hannah says, or Hannah, not sure how you pronounce that, I created my own obstacle to building true wealth by staying invisible to a certain degree. I am a heart-centered healer, an MD, homeopath, and energy healer, and hold space for meditation groups. Well, there's no better time than now to start putting yourself out there. <laughs> that may seem a little bit scary or a little bit intense, but that's how you can you can start that. They say that the best time to plant a tree was you know 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, but the second best time is today. If you haven't done it yet, do it now. So look at what is what is making you want to stay invisible, and see if you can and rewire those circuits in your brain and use your own tools. You have you're an MD, you're homeopath, and energy healing. Like you have a lot of of stuff in your tool belt. So and I know that it's always harder to do it on yourself than others, but either do it on yourself or seek out other people in your community that can help you get through some of those blocks and stop hiding because you have the whole world waiting to see what you have to offer. Christine says, my number one obstacle to building true wealth is not knowing where to start. I've had so many failures in the past that now anytime I attempt something, I get a huge resistance to even try because I know I'll just get burned. Well, if you go into it with that mentality, Yes, you are going to get burned because we always, this is how our brains work, we always seek to prove ourselves correct. So you've got to wipe out that story and start with a clean blank slate first and foremost. She then says, my inspiration tank is running low because of these past experiences, losing money, not making enough money to cover my advertising costs, always just breaking, breaking even money-wise, putting lots of time in and not feeling rewarded by it and feeling like I'll never get ahead. So, Christine... The unfortunate thing is that's life, right? That's business. We will have times of growth and then times where we plateau and then even times where we are gonna lose money. That happens to almost every single business owner on the planet. So one, you're not alone. Secondarily, I would really look at what industry you're in or what market you're in because sometimes people have a great idea but then there's no market for it and nobody Nobody else thinks it's a great idea, essentially. So you really need to look at who are your customers, is it a marketable service or product that you're offering, and then maybe tweak the marketing as well. For me, I don't do much advertising at all. Like for me to pay for advertising, that I don't do much of it at all. But marketing, on the other hand, everything you put out is marketing in a way. So maybe look at curbing your costs by not focusing on advertising, that is paid ads, but focusing maybe more on the marketing piece or the branding. There's a lot of different things and without knowing your specific situation, that's about as close, uh, close of an answer that I can give you, but I hope that that helps, Christine. Matt said, my business issue is attracting clients who have the ability to pay for my coaching. That's a big one, especially with coaches that I've worked with. In response, I've reduced my coaching fee to allow more people to work with me, but I wonder whether this is the correct approach. If you're asking me, I say no. <laughs> that is not the correct approach. Again, it depends on who you're marketing to, what your service is, what your costs are, what your market is, where are you, you know, a million different things that would be different for different people. But you don't want to lower the value of the service that you're offering. And, and I don't mean value in terms of what you're giving to them because I'm sure that's awesome. But you should also be getting an awesome rate in return for that awesome service. So no, I don't think that reducing the coaching fee is helpful because what that implies 
unfortunately, is that it's not as good. That's just how we think lower price is okay. You know, if people want low price, they go to places like Walmart or Kmart or uh, a more discounted shopping experience. And sometimes some people think of those places as maybe not as good quality as something that's a little more high-end or a boutique type of store. For all of my coaching students, I want them to be boutique pricing. I want them to be the top of the market because they're that good and they should be rewarded for that. So if you're having trouble attracting those type of clients, maybe you need to get really clear on who it is that you want to work with. If you want to work with, I'll give you an example. Some people say, I would like to work with vets. And I say, well, do those vets have any money to pay you? Or I'd like to work with college students. Okay, those people probably don't have as much money to pay you. So you really need to think about who your market is, who your avatar is, and go from there. Lisa wrote in and signed off going boldly, which I love, of course, because I always sign off my emails, go boldly. So awesome, Lisa, thank you for that. Um, she talks about in this email, it's like somebody pulled the plug on my enthusiasm. Well, let's talk about first and foremost what enthusiasm is. The word itself, entheos, means in God or with God. So God, not in a religious sense, but God meaning the spirit or the soul of what you're doing. So without enthusiasm, you don't have that spirit or that, that essence of excitement or passion or anything like that. And when I see that most often, it's when somebody's not taking care of themselves. So they're all busy and wanting to do a million things and help a million people, and that's wonderful, but they're forgetting the primary person they need to help, which is themselves. So if you get your self-care on board and in alignment with a position or passion, something that you're really, really into and enjoy doing, that often can avoid burnout and that sounds to me probably like what you're experiencing right now. Lucinda wrote, I have lost my confidence, self-esteem, success, thrive, uh, financial drain, you know, all this stuff. I totally get that. I've certainly been there. And you're right on. You said my obstacle is me. Yeah, <laughs> ultimately it's always ourselves. <laughs> you know, everybody has their own breaking point and everyone has maybe a different version of what rock bottom is for them. And Lucinda, I don't know if you've hit that or if you're there right now, but what I can tell you is that you don't have to stay there. There is light up there out of that rock bottom space and it's literally about just getting back up again and taking the next step forward. Now, you don't have to worry about the next 58 steps. I love that Martin Luther King Jr. quote. He says, you know, you don't need to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. And that's very, very true because especially in the world of business, we don't know what's going to happen. There could be some economic crisis like there was back in around 2008 when I was starting my business, 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010. It was like one of the biggest uh, crashes in recent history. We don't know what's going to happen, but you have to get back up. If you're still here, you're not done yet. So get back up and take that first step. AL says... Number one obstacle is getting steady clientele to sustain my bottom line. I can't lower my prices anymore. Yes, I already spoke to that. Do not lower your prices anymore. But after I raised them, my clients dropped off. Not sure if my marketing is to blame price point or what. So again, there's a million different ways to go about this. But generally, you want to think in terms of supply and demand. If you have lots of people raise your price, if you don't, you could try lowering your price, but I don't think that that's often 
the issue. Price point, unless you're in a very specific industry or situation or niche market, I think there are people out there that would pay almost any different rate. I mean, everybody thinks of it differently. One of my clients who is going to Africa with me this year was, <laughs> we were talking about the price of that trip and she was like, oh man, like that's actually inexpensive. I thought it was gonna be much, much more, like $20,000. So she's thinking it's inexpensive. Then I spoke with a woman on the phone just yesterday who was asking about the trip and she was like, wow, well that's really expensive. That's a very expensive trip. <laughs> and so, you know, different people have different perceptions of what is expensive and you need to figure out who you want to work with, what they can pay you, and then how best to market to those people. You need to be in front of those specific people. Okay, Amber says, my biggest challenge is the limiting belief that wealth has to be hard. Yes, I had that one. <laughs> Earning it has to be a chore and take up time that, quote, should be spent with family. Maintaining it is scary, and the more I have, the scarier it becomes. More to have means more to lose. And again, yeah, you could lose it all. I know people in business that have had huge, and I'm talking millions of dollars in losses, and then they figure it out again, and then they make even more. And then sometimes they lose it again for whatever, you know, a variety of reasons. But like I said before, you're not done yet. So take that next step, get back up and keep going. And I would say it's really in terms of what you said about it has to be hard and it should be spent with family. It is hard to maintain a balance between family and other things that you're committed to, your self-care and running a business. And for me, I run two businesses. I'm, I'm crazy, <laughs> but I enjoy it. it. Keeps me active. So with that, I would say really just look at when can you set aside time from the family, from your other commitments, and be able to focus on your business and then other time that you can focus on you when you're gonna do your self-care. I think that will help a ton. And then looking at shifting up that story a bit. 2-2 says, I think it would be mindset for me, believing that there is more than enough to take care of my needs. So yes, that is true. There is more than enough, but you also have to be active in drawing that to you, making that money, you know, doing the work, serving. I heard somebody once talk about attempting to outgive the universe. So they were just like, how can I provide more value, more value, more value, more value? Because they wanted to try and outgive the universe. Well, that doesn't happen. The universe always gives you back more. And so maybe try that. See if you can outgive the universe and just watch what happens. Katie says, motivating myself to build my business. I procrastinate constantly. Katie, so what I would say to you is if you cannot even motivate yourself to build the business, maybe it's not the right business for you. Or maybe you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur. And I know that maybe sucks to hear, but that's the truth. It's hard. It's a lot, a lot of hard work. And if in the beginning, well, I should say, I'm just guessing you're in the beginning, maybe you're not. Uh, if it's already a motivational issue, I don't know. Like, I don't know that you would make it through the tough times because yes, procrastination. I procrastinate all the time. Like, let's be clear about that. I'm a huge procrastinator and I'm okay with that because I get the stuff done when it needs to get done. But in terms of the motivating of self, if that business that you're attempting to build isn't literally like pulling you into your future, it may not be the right one for you. So I would go back to the drawing board and really look at what it is you're trying to create and what you can do to shift that story. 
Leah said that she is with her husband uh, in Hong Kong now and trying to figure out essentially what to do. You could sell little products like essential oils, um, but that has small margins. She's learned semi-permanent makeup. She had a few clients but couldn't promote it. And getting frustrated about having a clear goal of what exactly makes me hot and passionate. I love that. I love people. I love talking to people. I know communication would be my thing. So how to earn via communication and what to sell to make money. Well, if money is the key for you, that's the wrong way to look at it. You have to look first to a need in the world. What do people want? What do people need? And then how do your skills and passions line up with those things? So again, go back to that description that I gave in part one about the three columns on a piece of paper and see if you can figure out how those puzzle pieces fit together because that's ultimately what it is. It's a puzzle of here's all the stuff that I can do and I'm interested in. Okay, now how do we make it fit? Hayuna writes and says, I've been trying to change and improve my life, but it seems I'm at the same point. I want to let go of my past hurts and move forward, but it keeps haunting me and therefore I don't get any satisfying result. I'm stuck and unhappy. I'm happy to receive your guidance. So depending on what your situation is or depending what those those past hurts are, maybe therapy would be a helpful piece to start with. Uh, there's so many different types of therapy out these days. Really cool stuff that works with the, the neurology. Maybe coaching, you know, talk to somebody. The key is, is not to quit. If you quit, you're done. But don't be done. <laughs> you have something to offer the world. So like figure it out and just keep working toward getting, not getting rid of, because I think, you know, who we are, it's always going to be with us. The experiences that we've gone through, they're always with us to some degree, but they don't have to run the show anymore. And that's what is different. And in some cases, therapy can be really, really helpful. Christine says, I'm retired and have a little pension. My number one obstacle is trusting and having faith in the universe that there is enough for everyone, searching for wealth in all areas of my life. Again, Christine, I mentioned this already, but it's not just trust and faith in the universe. That's part of it, part of, and an important part, let me be clear, but it's not the whole thing. You need to figure out what you might do because retired these days is often still young, is often still full of life. And so look at what you can do and what you can offer the world, what you can offer the universe, and then the universe will give back accordingly. Pat writes, been inspired to develop a reflexology business. However, I have difficulty marketing myself. Perhaps it relates to my lack of self-worth. So marketing is an interesting thing. There's always more to learn about it. And if you have a little bit of money, you can also get help. You can hire somebody to help you do marketing. There are plenty of marketing experts out there. But the thing about the lack of self-worth, no amount of marketing is going to fix that. You can market forever and that won't help. You might even have more money, but if you still feel a lack of self-worth, it's not going to mean anything. So I would start with that point and again, go back to where those stories came from. Those, that idea of, you know, you're not good enough. You're not whatever enough. Who told you that? Where did that come from? and see if you can shift that into something more positive, something more powerful, in order to get yourself to move forward with reflexology. Maybe it's partnering up with someone else. Who knows, there's tons of ideas out there, so just don't give up.
Lily's writes, uh, you were telling my story. You know, I heard from so many of you guys that when I shared my story in the interview, it was resonant with something that you have gone through. So she says, my number one obstacle to building true wealth is that I move one step forward and then three steps back. Yeah, that happens. I had made my past financial journey based on trust, not my intuition, and resulted in a big hole in my pocket. So yeah, in some ways it can feel like that. A little bit ahead and then a ways back. But again, like I've been saying this whole video is do not give up, keep pressing on, keep pressing forward because there are people out there that need your help. There are people waiting for you to get yourself together enough so that you can assist them, that they can receive your offerings, receive your services, and that thereby you also will receive money in return. But just keep, keep going. Lynn says, feeling I am not worth it. And yeah, again, go back to in part one where I talk about the imprinting and think about what statements you might use to create a new affirmation for yourself. I am are two of the most powerful words in, that's English obviously, but in any language because whatever you put after that defines who you are. And for me, I think that the only true definition or how you can end that statement is by saying I am infinite. And I have a tattoo of the infinity sign to remind myself of that. Because yes, I'm an entrepreneur. Yes, I'm a wife. Yes, I'm a woman. Yes, I am a reader. Yes, I am all these different things. But ultimately, I'm infinite. And so are you. And says the number one obstacle is allowing myself to accept true wealth and believing I deserve it. As I mentioned in the previous video, a belief is just a thought that we continue to think. So if you want to shift your belief on something, you need to think a new thought. Everything starts with a thought. It goes thought to feeling to action. So your thought is, I am not worth it, I don't deserve it, whatever words that you might say. But the first step in switching that around is just say the opposite. I deserve it. <laughs> I'm ready. I accept it. Let's go and get the universe on board. Because when you are clear about the way that you want to go, the universe will rally. It is wild. The stories that I get to hear, oh my goodness, my clients have amazing, amazing stories because they get clear, they get solid, they get a plan, and then it's as if it was all planned out in advance. Things just tend to work out. I have a couple clients right now in my Encore Mastermind, and they are both planning to leave corporate America, and things are just working out for them, even better than they could have imagined. It is so fun to watch. So try that. Jesse says, I would say that scarcity is the number one thing. I never had any growing up, so I've always spent it faster than I can make it. It has gotten better since I met my husband. Now I can save a bit, though I still spend fast. I want need to save more, yet get rid of the feeling of lack of income to do what I want to do. Well, there is this awesome thing called maturity, and with maturity, sometimes that gets a little bit easier. It's easy as a younger person to just say, oh, I've got all this money, cool, and spend it, or maybe if you're like me, I spent more than I had, but maturity can help some of those things calm down a little bit. And also if you put a plan into place, like the jar system that I mentioned in the interview with Andy, then you can only spend what you have in that category 
to spend. So that helps, at least for me. It, you have to have a little bit of self-discipline, but with all the chaos and hassle that I went through, I was ready to be disciplined. I was ready to be like, all right, <laughs> enough, we're done. Uh, so I would suggest trying that and seeing if you can just pull from those different categories based on what you have in them, not based on anything you want at the moment. Katie says, making money is a big challenge for me. Well, I, I don't know what you're doing, Katie. I hope that uh, some of the things in this course have been helpful to you in terms of figuring out how to make money. Maricela says, I want to cultivate and achieve more the idea that the mind is at service of the heart and how I can listen to and communicate with my heart. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, practicing being in coherence is what that's all about. That allows you to drop out of your head into the heart space and then allows that heart to speak a little more clearly or at least help you listen to what it's saying. When you do that, you're able to have just constant guidance from this power center of love and joy and peace, all good things, to guide you and to help and assist you through your path. Practicing taking a moment to just breathe and be with you, listening in, paying attention, focusing, all of those are gonna be really helpful to you. Cariad says, I think for me, the answer to your question is a deep fear of it, but I'm not sure why or even if that is specific enough. I do have wealth in my life in form of a beautiful house in the hills, etc., uh, etc. Et I do have a lot of love in myself, for which I am truly grateful. It's just I struggle with money, as my parents did, who were really good at budgeting and making ends meet. One of my favorite quotes is by Anne Lindbergh, and she said, Our fears are paper tigers. So they, they seem scary, they seem big and oppressive, but in reality, they're nothing. In reality, it's easy to bust through as if it were just paper. So recognizing that you have that fear is, is important. But the secondary piece of that is recognizing that fears are simply paper tigers. And what can you do to step forward through that fear? If it's just like paper, it shouldn't be that challenging. So what is, what is that step for you? That would be what I would want to know from you is what's that next step to step forward through that fear. Monica says, the truth is, I don't know what is my number one obstacle. Maybe there are so many, that certainly happens. I think my challenge is going beyond my limiting beliefs and my current way of action. So that's true for so many people who wrote in. It was definitely true for me as well. And like I just said, those limiting beliefs, those fears, they're just paper tigers. So what is it for you that will be that step forward and then take it? You know that, that phrase in that book, feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what I would say to you. Feel it and go. One final question. This is from Hannah as well. How does one earn good money through offering esoteric activities like spiritual circles, guided meditation, etc.? How does one promote energetic healing which most people are not open to? Well, check that statement at the door, throw it out. Why do you think most people are not open to that? There are tons and tons and tons of people out there that are open to that those that are experienced deep and profound healing. Exactly. So you have really good potential testimonials. Uh, how do you earn good money through offering those things? You know, if you would have asked me this a number of years ago, I would have said, yeah, you know, in the spiritual market, it's harder to earn money. 
And then I completely had to eat my words because I met somebody within the last uh, last two years probably who runs an astrology website. This guy is making amazing amounts of cash. They're in the six figures on a monthly basis. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that there was that much money to be made in that kind of esoteric new age uh, field, but there is. There are people that will pay for all kinds of different things. You just need to figure out how to get in front of those right people and ditch the story about people are not into esoteric healing or spiritual healing because, like I said, there are plenty of people that are very much into that. So you guys, I hope that this was helpful. I definitely enjoyed reading all of your emails and thank you for responding, for replying back to me to let me know what your greatest challenge was. And my goal with this community that we have built through Andy's interview and all of you that wrote in to join this True Wealth course, let's just keep going. Let's keep the conversation alive because what matters truly is telling the truth about where you're at financially and sometimes that's hard. I have a student right now in core who is struggling to look at the numbers and really be certain about where he's at right now. But you're not alone. Let's be clear about that. There is something more for you. And it doesn't have to be such a hard journey. It can actually be an exciting adventure. So I welcome you or invite you to shift yourself into that mode of thinking. Like, you know what? I don't have this figured out yet. And I would say the same thing. I haven't figured it all out yet. Maybe to some extent, some, some things that I've figured out, but certainly not everything. And you don't need to either, but know that every day there is more potential to get things sorted out. Every day there is an opportunity to feel better about your situation than you did yesterday. And every single moment provides the opportunity to make a complete change or to do something differently than you've ever done it in the past. So all of that potential is open to you and I invite you to really, really look at your stories, look at your imprinting, and then figure out what specifically it is that, that lights you up so much and matches with some need in the world and is something that people will pay you for that service and just get going, get started. Even if you don't know where to start, Google it. <laughs> you know, you have this worldwide resource at your fingertips, mostly on your phone. So just get started somehow, and I look forward to communicating with you guys much, much more. But for now, thank you so much for watching. I'm Mindy Kniss, and I will see you soon. Ready to make your dream your reality? Let's build your business so you can do what you are here to do. I invite you to join my inner circle, the Lucra Collective, a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who got over the limiting belief that they needed to go it alone. Visit lucra.com to join today. That's L-U-C-R-A.com. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.